1: I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, IFA is just days away, and if you're as ready as I am to return to normal as it once was, then like me, you're counting down the days with great anticipation. As my good friend John Francis, a.k.a. Johnny Franchise, always says, attending the IFA convention for us, Is like attending the Super Bowl for NFL fans. There are so many events and parties to attend, people to see, places to go and be seen, so much to do, and while you can't possibly get it all done, oh, what fun it is trying, especially this year, following two years imprisoned by COVID. FRM Solutions booth 1618 will be home base for me. I'll be set up to record a special convention edition of Franchise Today, and I invite you to stop by during Exhibit Hall hours on Sunday and Monday to say hello on or off the air. And don't forget to make your way to our booth at 1130 on Monday morning when iconic author Michael E. Gerber will join us and will be autographing a limited supply of his legendary books, The E-Myth and Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. Inc. Magazine calls Michael E. Gerber the world's number one small business guru, so don't miss your chance to meet and greet him, maybe even snag an autographed book or catch a selfie with him. Okay, shifting gears, today we're joined by Bob Barry, President and CEO of Zips Dry Cleaners. He'll be here with me when I return in two minutes or less, but first, let's hear from our friends at Atmosphere TV, who, by the way, will be hard to miss as well at IFA as they host the Recharge Pavilion on the Exhibit Hall floor in San Diego. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. In the early 2000s, eight of Baltimore, Washington, D.C. metro area's premier dry cleaners banded together to create a powerhouse brand. And that was the birth of Zips Dry Cleaners. Together, they brought 100 plus years of garment care expertise to the table. Their combined knowledge allowed them to perfect the dry cleaning process from start to finish. While known in franchising more for his years in food service, restaurants, and hospitality, Bob Barry actually served on the ZIP's board of directors for eight years prior to assuming the role of president and CEO for these industry disruptors. Their difference is their passion for providing high-quality dry cleaning, at unbelievably low prices. They have streamlined every part of the dry cleaning process from cutting costs and cleaning times to providing the best possible service and prices. Today, they are thriving at 65 locations nationwide with commitments in hand for 150 more. Bob Barry, welcome to Franchise Today.
2: Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today
1: i'm looking forward to the conversation i've followed zips for many years have had some business dabblings with them over the years so it'll be fun for me too to learn about the changes that are going on and the growth and the trajectory at zips but bob we start every week the same way we all know that franchising is not an intentional way of doing business it finds us we don't usually find it so i'm wondering if you don't mind sharing with the audience what that looked like for you and when was it
2: it happened in 2007 Uh, i looked at a company Called the Green Turtle Sports Bar and Grill. And at the time, it was all company owned. There was uh, six company owned stores. And the, the capital that they had available to grow the company was not to where they were going to get the growth that they were looking for. So we ended up looking at a franchise model and taking some of our, our current company stores and looking to sell those off as franchise and then start building it from there. And from that point, We grew that concept to 53 stores at the same time. I got involved in Zips in 2013 while I was still at the Green Turtle and was an active board member. And this is a pure franchise. We have three company stores and the remainder are all franchise stores.
1: So what were you doing that led you to the Green Turtle? What were you doing then? Was it an investment business that you were in, private equity? What was your occupation that led you to want to do anything with the Green Turtle in the first place?
2: I was involved in some cookie stores that were all company stores called The Great Cookie and we then bought a commercial bakery. And from there, I got uh, introduced to the owners at the Green Turtle after we exited out of the cookie stores and the bakery, and that's what led me to the Green Turtle. We actually went out and put a private equity group, came involved, got involved, and supported us, and that's how we grew. We went in, from 2007 seven and seven until 2015, we exited our first exit, and then with the second time from 15 to 19 with a new private equity group.
1: And then I came over here to Zips. So a lot of hospitality and food and beverage in your background. What did you study? What brought you to all of that?
2: My study was in, in hospitality. And then I stayed in the basically the hospitality industry my whole career. I started my career at Marriott Corporation. And I went to work for W.R. Grace. And then after 13 years of running, getting in big business, I went into... As I stated earlier, the gray cookie, and never looked back and kind of been on my own since that time.
1: So some people might find it odd that somebody with such a strong background in food, beverage, hospitality, and restaurants has kind of moved over to the dry cleaning business. To me, I don't think it's odd at all, but do you get people thinking that?
2: You do, but, you know, there's a, there's a rhyme to the reason. There's a... Uh... The private equity group that was behind Green Turtle is behind Zips as well. There's a lot of similarities in the dry cleaning business with the hospitality. It's a very customer focused business. You look at the dry cleaning business, you have the production, which I would refer to the back of the house of a restaurant. You have the counter service, which would be the front of the house of the restaurant. And it's uh, very labor intensive, which is similar to the the restaurant business. It was an easy move from the restaurant space, the hospitality industry to the dry cleaning business. And I'm I'm having a blast doing it because of the fact that I feel that most dry cleaners are independent and locally owned and operated. This is a chain and there are chains out there, but I just bring a lot of training material and and the customer service, the opportunities that we have there just excite me uh, each and every day.
1: I've always found that people that are in other retail verticals or in other service verticals try to enter food. And it's a much harder lift for them to come into food than it is for people from food to do anything else. Because if you can do penny profits in food or hospitality, there's just about nothing you can't do. Am I right?
2: I can't agree with you more. I mean, I tell people, if you come out of the restaurant space, you understand how to run a business. I mean, the margins are so slim. There's so much pilferage going on. Stan, you know, go to the the same gas station every day or you Go to the bank every day. You bought your gas every every time you filled up your car. Have you ever somebody said, "Hey, you know what? Today I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a gallon of gas for free." It never happens. But if you go into the same bar every day, how many times is the bartender or somebody in that organization "Let me buy your lunch. Or let me buy your beer." So I, I, you know, you never walk in the bank even though you bank it there, you know, weekly. No one ever hands you a dollar and, and thanks you for your business. So. You know, it's a tough business because you're, you're managing so many hourly people, labor hours, the food costs, the fluctuation of commodity costs each and every time. I and mean, it's just, you're right. If you can manage a restaurant profitably, you can manage pretty much any business.
1: And I think that the flaw in thinking with most people is that in hospitality, you think of your consumers as guests and in retail, they think of themselves as customers. And I think that's probably a fundamental flaw. And the mentality of the people in those business verticals to think of their customers, whether it's the gas station or the bank as anything less than a guest. We all have choices, right?
2: Yeah, it's so funny you say that. I use that term all the time. I'll be talking to my team in a team meeting and I'll say, you know, we gotta do better making sure we're taking care of our guests. You know, I've been on this uh at this for eight months now and it took me a long time. I still use it and that's where I'm trying to get our team to understand they do have choices. You know, in this business especially, most people have washers and dryers and that people say, well, who's your competition? Home washer and dryer is my competition. And so if we can't do something special for people that walk through our front door, they're going to just go go home and wash their clothes and dry their clothes. But if we can do something, which I think is that's where the opportunity is, and treat them by name and really get involved in their communities that were where our locations are, we can win.
1: I want to talk a lot about the dry cleaning business as it pertains to the post-COVID world we're in today. I've got to believe that dry cleaning was one of the worst hits for those in that business when All of a sudden, one day, people who used to go to an office every week and dry clean their clothes every week found themselves sitting home for 18 or 20 months. And what happened to the poor guy that's running the dry cleaner? So let's start with that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's been crazy, uh, you know, trying to convince people on Zoom calls to dress up, right? I mean, so that certainly has been tough. We all know many companies went remote working, allowing casual attire. That's now acceptable. In the workplace and so you see it all the time. I mean, you don't see very many people right now in suits and ties. And I think part of it is the labor shortage so what's happened is companies kind of relaxed some of their policies and procedures. But the beauty of it is I think that we have to look at it and say we offer other services other than just dry cleaning. We clean garments. So you have to wear clothes. So we got to get the message out. We started to look at other things during COVID of sanitizing garments. And certainly we're trying to do selling points to, to to, again, I'll use the term guest to show our guests that there's other things that we can do. But yeah, the dry cleaning business just really took it hard. And we're not back at this point because, as you know, this last variant that came through starting in December through January uh, shut things down and started people going back to mandates And so it caused companies to pause getting people back to work.
1: Well, what do you see on the horizon now? I think that it looks to me, I'm knock wood I'm hoping I'm right, but it looks like finally when you see the states like California and New York relaxing their mandates, it would seem to me that those two are bastions of anything regulation oriented. And if they're standing down, I think we're probably in better shape than we think.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that we are seeing some nice trends I would say the last few weeks, we're, we're definitely seeing an uptick in our sales. The amount of volume, the amount of pieces, we call them piece counts. The number of garments that we're cleaning on a weekly basis are increasing. We're getting into our season. Spring and fall are usually the the best in the dry cleaning laundry because people are changing over, especially in places where there's a lot of seasonality going on. So we are starting to see an uptick and it's nice to see some of the things loosen up. And and that's our hope. Our hope is that we're going to get back and get people back to work. You know, in our business, we need people to be dressed up we need events, we need weddings, we need parties, large gatherings. And obviously during COVID that didn't happen. So we really did take a, every dry cleaner, you know, the independents especially really, you saw a re- big reduction. There's an estimate out there that it's about 30% of the dry cleaners went out of independent dry cleaners went out of business after COVID. So, you know, as you know, we're still in it. I mean,
1: in food, you could make a pivot to off-premise and curbside pickup and you know, absent in your dining room, you're still in business. But in the dry cleaning business, if I'm not wearing my shirts and slacks and suits every day, what do you need the dry cleaner for would be my thought that would make that a very vulnerable vertical. So I'm sorry that it's 30%, but I'm glad it's not higher than that, because yeah. I thought it would have been even worse. So yeah. what's the value proposition pre-COVID that drives the consumer to zips? And how much will that change post-COVID, if at all?
2: Yeah, our, our model's not going to change uh, much. You know, we started out back in 2002 as eight separate dry cleaners in the Baltimore Washington area now those eight locations had a goal in mind providing a revolutionary Dry cleaning experience that gave high quality service at one low price. And since that time, we've opened 70 plus locations pre-pandemic. We were cleaning over 20 million garments each year, and those eight locations are still going strong. But what we've done is we really have to show the industry and what we do differently is our buying power because we buy so much, our consistency in service, more brand recognition, and offering customers a convenient daily service. And we really do five key services. We do dry cleaning, we do wash and fold, which is really daily laundry, uh, cleaning household items like comforter and blankets, dry cleaning and press shirts and blouses, and we do alteration services. And Those aren't going to change. What's going to change is really focusing on the technology. We feel that there's a great opportunity for us to do more customer guest interaction using our app where people can let us know when they're coming so that we can grab their garments for the clean garments. If they're dropping off dirty garments, we'll have their clean garments ready, curbside pickup, delivery mode, better communication with our guests, and really trying to look and make sure that that convenience is making things very easy for the guests to come in to drop off and pick up. and Or we can come to get garments and drop it off to your home, to your apartment, to your condo, whatever that is.
1: So, if I were to describe what you've just articulated in a single three-syllable word, I think I would choose frictionless.
2: I would say that's a good way to to put it. I think that our mission is to provide great quality garment care, low price in the market, fast, convenient, with services that meet our customers' demand. I mean, that's really what our mission is. And to your point, is just really make it just seamless. I like to use the word seamless because that goes sort of with the with the uh, garment industry.
1: What other ways do you transact business with your consumer? I kind of remember, I think early on, way before COVID, I kind of remember you guys having some pickup and delivery kiosks or something like that. Is my memory even close to right? Yes. You
2: know, our, our model uh, years ago used to be uh, a, every store was a plant store, which means it had a back of the house and in front of the house. We did the production right there. We are now expanded that. So now our model is that for our franchisees, they build a plant store first. Their next store typically will be a drop store. And that drop store is basically drop off and pickup only. There's no production being done another uh, one of their stores or another franchisee is doing that service for them. And so the cost of entry is much less than having a full plant store and then we also have locker systems and that's where it goes back to the app where you can go into drop off your laundry put it in a locker text that you have it in there we'll go pick up those garments wash dry clean iron fold whatever it is put them back in the locker text you your garments are clean we're looking at 24-hour service where someone can drop off we already have that now easy drop we're looking at now having robotic where someone can go in press a key in put their number in and their garments can come out so if people are working during the day or working at night or whatever on the way home they can pick up so they're not having to worry about the hours of operation. So all those things again go back to trying to be convenient to what people are looking for right now.
1: What drives the difference in price point between some boutique type cleanings that do real high-end pricing versus what you do? Is it chemical differences or are they ecological differences? What are some of the drivers that can cause this disparity in
2: price? We drive boutique high-end dry cleaners crazy because we use the same machines. I mean, there's very, you know, whether it's a union machine, I mean, they're all the same dry cleaning machines and washers and dryers are all the same. We do it all by piece count. We do it on volume. Our process is, is no different. We just do it with higher volume and the feed, but we're, we're using the same exact equipment. Our price points allow us to get more garments through a typical high end dry cleaner. So we're doing it all on volume. So is it
1: on a piece count? Does the size of the piece matter?
2: No. So we do everything in lots. Lots are full. Lot is a hundred garments. So we typically can get ten to thirteen lots done in in a day. So you're looking at a thousand to thirteen hundred pieces a day. Those pieces can range. It could be slacks. It could be jackets. It could be dress shirts. It could be shorts. Now we're seeing a lot more casual. The people are bringing a lot more. Sweaters or quarter zips or even golf shirts, those type of things so it's not not about size, it's just about the amount of and where they go, whether it's in those five categories that we spoke of before, whether it's in dry cleaning, whether it's in wash and fold, or actually being cleaning of household goods or press shirts and blouses, those type of
1: things. But from the pricing perspective, is there a model for how you price? Because I thought I remember flat pricing we, it.
2: There's flat pricing on, on most. The dry cleaning we do is currently 279 Our shirts and blouses are 199 We do household like comforters and blankets. That's nineteen ninety nine. But whatever garment is in that category is $1 price
1: throughout the whole system got it makes sense to me i'll tell you what let's do bob why don't we take a quick break and when we come back i want to talk some about the franchise side of this business and what that's looking like in 22 and ahead we're talking today with bob barry ceo and president of zips dry cleaning we'll be right back franchise today we'll be right back but first a word from our sponsors meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. And my conversation continues today with Bob Barry, president and CEO of Zips Dry Cleaners. So on the franchise side of the business, not knowing any more than I know from past knowledge, here's one thing I do know. Back in 2010, 2011, when I was still heavily involved in the creation of the Professional Athlete Franchise Initiative, PAFI, I got the pleasure of meeting a guy named Alan Boomer, who was then representing athletes and trying to help them make decisions about investing in franchising. Lo and behold, I find all these years later that Alan must have liked what he saw at Zips because not only has he been an advisor, Athletes buying franchises. I understand he's made a major investment in Zips himself. True or false? Very true. Alan Boomer and his partner Tiffany Hawkins
2: have been wonderful to work with, and you know they fit exactly the typical franchise owner model that I look for and we look for. They have a lot of things in common. They come to the house looking for the model that they just have the passion. They're dedicated, willing to work hard, good leaders, good people skills, and last but most importantly, they're well. Capitalized and Alan and Tiff have been buying some existing stores up. People that may have not liked to go through the pandemic and they just see the opportunity because they know the model works. They love the brand. They're a pleasure to work with. Part of their makeup is they're helping people, other franchisees just set up their business to make them rock solid. So yeah, we love working with those guys.
1: Well, I'm going to have to reach out to Tiffany and Alan now that we've done this interview. Shame on me that I've not been in touch with him all the way through the pandemic, but Alan to me was a, a rock star. He's just somebody who got it. You know, He understood the value of bringing a pro athlete or a portion of a pro athlete athletes investment into franchising and that it was another way to generate more income to then reinvest so he was an he was a financial advisor then but i think we not only got to win over some athletes as the result of alan but i'm proud now to learn that he himself has taken a deep dive into the franchise space so you talk about the profile of your opportunity what kinds of offers are you making are there single unit multi-unit area development or what size is that one size fits all how does that look today
2: yeah now now we're looking at more what I'm going to call fill-ins in certain regions like so we were looking pre pandemic we're looking for multi-unit but there's a lot of there's a lot of fill-in so we'll look at some people Alan and Tiffany is a great example they, they you know they're filling in some areas that were open in the Maryland market they recently went out and they're going to Indiana that's an existing location they're going to build out that area so they're going to purchase that territory, the existing stores, and then grow from there. So that's a great model. Our Texas group, another great group to work with, they're bringing in some partners to put in some drop stores and other service that they can provide the production for. So right now it's in between either a fill in, it's in some independent fill in markets, or an area that doesn't have any territories currently, I mean, any locations currently, and we'll put a whole model together. And we just put together a 10 store deal for Charlotte. We're working with them and they're looking for their first store. And we're super excited about that. So it's a little bit of both to be honest with you, Stan.
1: What's the typical footprint of a store today and has that grown or shrunk or is it to say, I know you talked about now not being a, each store is not a plant any longer, but what's the footprint look like for those stores yeah, that are not?
2: A plant typically stays between three and 4,000 square feet and a drop store is somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500. So that's really where we land. Anything less than and that's very hard to do. But like I said, they're typical, let's call it 33, 3500 square feet would be a plant store. And that gives you plenty of capacity to grow. And then again, the drop stores. And then if you have the plant store, you can do a drop store. You could also do some locker services, which we have several locations doing that
1: now as well. Do your franchisees serve each other? If you had multiple franchisees in a market, would somebody that doesn't necessarily own a plant be working with a franchisee that does? We
2: currently don't do that. We've done some drop stores and testing where we use from a corporate standpoint and we use the franchisee to do our production. But typically what we're trying to do is get them to control their production. The model seems to work better that way for several reasons. You control your cost and you can cross use some staff members. So when production's over, you can put them at the counter service and vice versa. So we typically, we're seeing that as going to be more of the growth plan going forward.
1: And we talked some about the pandemic. Come back to the labor. How many people does it take for a franchisee to operate a location given all the problems with labor these days? How do you confront that?
2: A plant store is typically anywhere from, depending on volume, 8 to 12, 8 to 13 people. That's your production and your counters. A drop store, the beauty of it is you can really do it with two people, somebody kind of going in, working the back and sorting out garments in a a counter and they can go back and forth. Labor has been definitely a challenge. We've obviously seen An increase in the amount of wages you need to pay to attract people, but at the same time, we've been very fortunate that our team, our management team, has done a great job attracting people to come work for us. And, you know, it's a fun brand and certainly seen shortages, and our franchise owners and operators have been working nonstop around to you know, get the garments done. But they're doing a nice job as much as they can to go out and attract people or go try to get people to work a second job to come in and, and help support them.
1: I'm trying to rack my brain and think of how many other franchise names I can think of in the dry cleaning space. And I'm coming up short after about two, maybe three, including zips. Are there more that I'm just not aware of? Or is this really just no, such it's... a fractured business model in terms of mom and pop operators?
2: Yeah, it's very fragmented. There's a, there's a handful of chains out there. One thing that I've done uh, probably just because we did it a lot in the restaurant space is reach out to them and get to know them and try to share some things together. When I was at the Green Turtle, I used to tell the story all the time. My biggest competitor in the market in Baltimore, Washington was Glory Days, and the CEO oh, Bob Gardner and I became very good friends and fierce competitors. But we did a lot of things together. We fought a lot of legal issues, and I'm doing the same in the dry clean. I've been out to two, and I'm meeting another one in a couple couple of weeks of the five chains that are really out there just to get to know them and, and talk about you know, how we can improve the industry and, and what they're doing and what we can help each other with. There's plenty of room out there and I'm a big believer of getting smarter by working together.
1: Does any of that lead to conversion opportunities or is it just altruistically you're a good soul and you're doing what's good for the business?
2: I think it's a combination. My whole career I've looked at this. You know, There could be a market that doesn't fit for a certain chain. It, it might be easy to convince that because they have so much popularity in that area where they could get another franchisee to take some existing stores and convert them to Zips. It's really just getting that dialogue started and see what makes the most sense. But there's certainly part of it would be strategically what makes sense, how we could fix some problems that may be in either one of our systems.
1: Excellent. One last question that I have before I ask you if you've got anything you wish that I asked you and I didn't. What about the ecology side of the business?
2: Absolutely. We, uh, we're we working uh, extremely hard to convert convert all of our current machines that are perked that are the dangerous chemicals, we're down to just a handful in our system, we've converted hydrocarbon, which is much safer in our dry cleaning machines. As far as our other items, our poly bags that we use to cover garments are biodegradable. We recycle hangers. We're constantly looking to be eco-friendly. We're proud that we're getting greener every day, I call it, and we're going to continue to do that. There's a lot of things out there that will replace the old, what I would call the old dry cleaning system. The garments are, are getting just as clean or cleaner. Technology is getting better and better and it's the right thing to do. So it is definitely a focal point for our team.
1: Well, it sounds like you hit the trifecta of consumer ecology and business friendly, Bob. I'm proud of that. So what did I not ask you that you wished I might have before we ask you to tell people how to get in touch with you?
2: Really just a great time. We're also looking all the time for acquisitions, With the industry down in garment counts. Maybe there's independent dry cleaners that would value joining our company with our strong branding and strong marketing and solid financial position. There may be some strong regional players out there that may be interested or some independents that got through the pandemic and they need some help, so we'd love to talk to Them. I really feel that we have a lot to offer. And, you know, when you get into it, as you know, the higher you get coming as you spend some time in the franchising, you know, the buying powers can be so strong. The marketing can be so much stronger than an independent. So that's, I would say that. And then it's really just everybody get back out into the office and back out to events and back moving around freely so you can get a little dirty and bring your garments back (laughs) to zips. And then as far as your question, how to reach us, the best way to reach us is 321 zip. Dot com. So it's 321ZIPS.com and check us out. But I really appreciate the time you've given me today.
1: Last thought as a postscript, any geographical constraints? Or are you open for business looking for opportunities in all 50 states?
2: Yeah, we're east to west coast and everything in between. Certainly stronger in the mid Atlantic region. Uh, as I mentioned, we've penetrated the Carolinas. But no, we're open. In, I would say we're probably not open to a single unit in say, Washington State, which don't have anything there, but we will talk to anybody and try to see if we can fit. And there's a lot of things out there that might be available in an area where, well, I just want to open one store where you can work with one of our current franchise to maybe put a drop store or partner with them. So we're open and we have a business development person that does a wonderful job and he loves to chat and talk to people. So we'll try to fill in and piece the puzzle together.
1: So even if it's a marketplace that doesn't yet have a Zips identity, the opportunity that you bring from a cost perspective and cost of goods and the opportunity to have buying power may well make up for some of that. So don't anybody listening preclude the opportunity to have a conversation and learn more about this wonderful business model called Zips Dry Cleaning. Bob Barry, thank you for coming here today and spending some time with us and helping us learn more about what you're up to at Zips.
2: I enjoyed it very much, Stan. Thank you
1: so much for your time. My pleasure. Bob Barry, President and CEO of Zips Dry Cleaning. Well, that's all we have time for today. Remember to come see me in San Diego during the IFA convention and add your voice to the many that I'll be speaking with from FRM Solutions booth 1618 as Franchise Today sets up shop
0: blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. iTunes.